It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Palmerbet on the edge of the box. Oh, it's a straight up screamer. Download our app today and enjoy straight up screamers this FIFA World Cup with great odds, great promos, and same game multi at Palmerbet. Gamble responsibly. For gambler's help, call 1 800 858 858. On the tee from Australia. to the clubhouse. Ah, oh, yeah, we're back. It is the clubhouse. Great to have your company. Marco just singing the tunes. Bum, How are you, bum, mate? Bum. Julian Good to see you, Jules. Mark Allen here every week talking yeah, golf. Yeah, I'm well, mate. I'm very well. That's I'm the very, way. very happy for uh, young Coletta, Brett Coletta, who did so well last week at the Memorial. Didn't qualify at the US Open. Uh, Nick Flanagan did, though. Remember him? Nick Flanagan. Last year he was ketting. In the US Open this year, he's playing. Not bad. Yeah, it's not a bad turnaround. Yeah, I like all that sort of stuff. Yeah. Um, he, of course, won a US Amateur Championship a long time ago. Mm-hmm. And then he played on the web.com and got a battlefield call-up. Won three times in one season yep. on the web.com. So he was going to be our next gun. Mm. And then disappeared. Like I said, he was catting for a while. But he somehow managed to qualify. He's playing in another US Open. So good luck to Nick Flanagan next, this week at Aaron 100%. Hills. Good luck to him. Yeah, it is good. Uh, a few things to get through today. I want to talk about the US Open because there's a bit happening. Yeah. There's a bit happening. Yeah, so the players is. aren't happy. Yeah. There's a controversy. There always is, though. Yeah, it's same same discussion every year. But, yeah. you know, you keep on having it and people start listening. Probably, you know, sometimes when it comes out of the blue, mm. and this one really hasn't. The one you're talking about, I think, is Adam Scott. That's right. Um, you know... There's a little bit of merit, but I, I don't mind the US Open. I, I think it's... I, yeah. I like it once a year. Mm. If it was every week, I wouldn't like no. it. No. But once a year, I think yep. it's great. We'll get to that. And plenty more to get through as well. Now, I want to discuss something. I want to thank you, Marco. Oh, good. Because you know, you know how you do a masterclass at the end of mm-hmm. every week. Mm-hmm. And I listen intently. Yeah. And I go, good. go through things. And I was fortunate enough to play out at Heritage. This Made week. a bit of a comeback, isn't it, the Heritage? Heritage in good shape. Uh, was fantastic. Because it was, it was we thought gone. it was gone there gone. for a little while. Yeah. All right, that's good news. It was great. Really, great really news. enjoyed it. Um, beautiful sunny day. Carts. Carts. Yeah. Yep. Carts every once in a while was great. Well, I want to talk about carts again later. Yeah, I haven't played so a car good. for ages. Yeah, every once in a while, carts are, I think, are fantastic. Yep. But, because uh, I hadn't played for a couple of weeks, mm-hmm. it's been very busy. Yeah, so what happened? So I went to the driving range the night before. Yeah. And hit some drives and... Um, That's smart. Good idea. Couldn't get them to go straight. And I thought, now what, I'm trying to think back. Now, what's Marco said? What's yeah. Marco? And he, I remember you said, your driver's probably too long. Yeah. Thought, yes. Yes, it is. Did you grip down? I gripped right down yeah, on my good. club. So much so that my right hand, Marco, the thumb was almost off the grip. Beautiful. Right. That's good. And how much better? I worked on my hip Turn. rotation. Yeah, good. Like mentally focusing on moving those hips. Yes. And getting through the ball. Yes. I think I missed about two fairways during the uh, oh, no good. The day. Unfortunately, two of them went in the water. Yeah, but it was um, it was really, really good. And I, I would encourage people out there mm. if they are struggling with their driver, just just shorten, shorten it a little it. bit because oh, it, it did 
100%. It's unbelievable, the difference. 46-inch drivers, they're great when you're getting fitted in a net when there is no consequence because the extra two inches on the end gives you a little bit more club head speed Mm. and then there's a smash factor associated with that and all the rest of it. But you're only hitting into a net. You're only getting fitted. You're only seeing how fast you can swing the club with no circumstance or or no penalty. Mm -hmm. But when you get out in the golf course... It is amazing when you have a scorecard in your back pocket and a pencil, how things change. That's right. And it is just an easier game. And the club head speed will be marginal. You know what? Every time I've, and I've done it a few times, and these days I'm a little bit luckier. I'm a tailor-made ambassador and Mm -hmm. and my clubs get made properly in the right places overseas and they come to me. But Mm -hmm. um, there was a time when I was just adding weight to the head and cutting the top of the shaft off yep. uh, an X just <laughs> because it was it was pretty much right. You know, I was close enough to being right the way I wanted it. But we'd get on the track man and we'd do all the numbers with the 46-inch shaft. Then we'd weight up the head, so we'd put more weight at the back and, you know, every, everything that you hear about the new technology. Uh, they put more weight in the back, uh, right down the bottom, and then you'd cut the shaft down and you would check the numbers again. The club head speed was down marginally mm. by one or two miles per hour. But the ball speed and the spin rate were, were going through the roof all of a sudden. You know, all this technology, this is the amazing thing. All the technology that we see, it's all about putting weight at the bottom of the sole plate away from the face. Right. So when you shorten the club, where do you put the weight? Right there. You put it right there. Yeah. So everything that they are doing, you are enhancing by shortening your golf club. Yeah. So, look, guys like Sergio Garcia, who's pretty much the number one driver, has been for a long, long time. He uses a 43-and-a-half or a 44-inch driver these yeah. days. And, you know, he's 5 foot 11, which is pretty much average height, mm-hmm. I would think. You yeah. know, for most people, you're 5 foot 11, and he's using a 43-and-a-half-incher. Yeah. And he doesn't do it for the club head speed. You know, he does it because when you weight it up correctly, all the weight goes in the right places, yep. and that affects the ball spin. And ball spin is more important and club head speed. And the other thing, the other thing I find is that a lot of people will, will just roll into a shop. Yep. Pick out a nice looking driver. Yep. Take it home and have a few whacks have a go. in the driving range. Yeah, have a go. They'll buy someone a present with a driver. Yeah, that's it. And, and they'll like, just buy it off the shelf because it looks good. It's it, on in the bargain bin. Yeah. I, I get that too because, you know, I was playing tennis there for a little while. And yeah. I, I, you know, just give me any tennis record well, will do. Right. Uh, I, I imagine that the, the, Top flight pros, yep. they'd have them, you know, fine tuned to an nth degree, just like mm. the fine, like the pros. But I wouldn't care. So if you are someone who's just new to the game, you probably have that same feeling. It's just a driver. Yeah. You know, it's just like a, it's just a tennis racket. But unfortunately, in golf, it's so much more intricate. Mm. There are so many more things, in my view, anyway. A tennis player could probably tell me something different. But in my view, the driver with the stiffness of the shaft, the different kick points, the different um, amounts. Of, driver shaft can twist uh the lie angle the loft where you put the weight in the head all affect ball speed and ball spin it's so important to get those right yeah but again if you do shorten your driver you have this great opportunity to put more weight where the weight wants to go to help your ball spin rates that's it now the other thing uh, at the driving range marker yeah i was at uh, albert park driving range. yeah nice and close to home yeah beautiful now I love it down there. I went onto the practice screen. Uh, it was about 8.30 at night. There was no one out there. It was great. Right. I had the whole thing to myself. Yeah. Perfect. Um, now, I remember you talking about 
practice your putting and yeah. how you need to practice things under pressure. Yes. So I was hitting some putts and um, yep. putting okay, making some, mm-hmm. missing some, no, nothing. So you turn into a game somehow. And what I did was before I left, I remember you saying, you've got to put yourself under pressure yes. before you go. So I did this thing, I think eight from six feet. Yeah. Eight balls from six feet. Yes. And I said, I'm not going until I get eight in a row. Yeah, beautiful. And so I got hit one in, hit two in, then yeah. he'd miss one. So you get yeah. the other two balls, you line them Start up again. Up. Yeah, good. I reckon between an hour and an hour and a half later. Fantastic, Jules. I walked out of the joint after I'd nailed eight. I got to seven, I reckon, yeah. six times. Yeah. And then missed the eighth putt. Yeah. And I did the last time. I, yeah. I reckon I went behind the ball, lined it up. Yeah. Like perfectly lined it up. Yeah. And I went in and I went. Thank goodness. And, and there is a little bit of a pressure associated with it. putted so much better the next day. Yeah. I couldn't recommend that drill more yep. to people out there who are trying to improve their putting. Because as we've talked about so often on this show, you putt so much better on the practice screen when you're yeah. not under pressure. Yeah. So you put yourself under pressure with this little game. So you can't leave until you get all of them Smart, in Smart tools. You're a smart man. And look, you'd have to go to the, the extremes the pros go mm. to and like if, if you're only new to the show I, I've said a number of times when I was serious yep. and trying to be a very you know as best a player I, I could possibly be every day after my putting practice I would practice my putting for an hour and the last thing I would do would be to hold 10 in a row mm-hmm. dead straight putts from 4 feet 10 in a row right to lefters and then 10 in a row left to righters some days it took me 5 minutes yep you just hold, just bang them all. Other days, it might take me an hour. Yeah. But you just got to do it because you get used to doing the same thing over and over. And that's the best, that's that's the power. If you are able to repeat in golf, mm. then you become a really good player. And that's like Craig Perry. You know, Craig Perry was a repeater. He just did that same old swing all the time. He the same old cut all the time. He repeated when he's putting. He repeated when he was, he's just a repeater. You don't have to be genius. You don't have to be brilliant. Mm. You know, he was, if you lined up Brett Ogle and Craig Perry on the driving range and you got everybody just to look at them, most people would have said that Craig Perry is miles behind Brett, Brett Ogle. Yep. But it's not the way it worked out. Craig Perry was miles ahead mm-hmm. of Brett Ogle in the end. Even though Brett Ogle won twice on the US Tour, Perry was a better player and a long-term player and did some amazing things uh, but didn't look like it. He was a repeater versus someone who had, you know, all everything that we dream about when we've been a golfer. Yeah, I've been hit the low rising draw to impress all your mates. Doesn't do much in the end. Mm. You've got to be the repeater. And when you do the drills like you did uh, a couple of days ago before you played the Heritage, it works mm. because you're forced to repeat. Yep. You're forced to find a mindset of repeating. You're forced to do exactly the same thing. Not try harder, not try any less. Just do it exactly the same. You're forced to, mm. otherwise you're there for an hour and a half. That's it. And I promise you, the next time you go to, to the driving range and you hit your 30 balls or your 40 balls or whatever it is, it might take you an hour and a half next no, time. No, I'm not. Because you <laughs> will understand that I don't have to be awesome here. No. I've just got to repeat. Yep. But it's amazing how much better you putt the next day. Yeah. No, no and I, was, I, I didn't even click in my head until I was driving home afterwards. Hmm. But you yeah, putted well today. What did you, sh- you shoot? You did miss a fairway and you putted well. No, but I had f- I had thirty five points. But oh, I had well done. Four wipes. Fantastic, well. man. So, yeah. And then anyway, we don't need to talk about that. But that's great. That's going great home, goal. I was thinking I putted well today, but I'm, I'm trying to think why. And then I thought yesterday I did all this work. Yeah, on my putting, repeating. And that's exactly 
What yeah, was. and look, that goes with your driving. That goes with your irons. It goes with every, just play little games. And like I said, you don't have to do what I did, which was 10 in a row, straight, 10 in a row, right to left, 10 in a row, left to right. Do three in a row. Yeah. Do three in a row. You've got to hold three putts in a row from four feet that are dead straight, or even three feet yeah. that are dead straight. Then go to another place on the putting green where you find the right to lefter. And then you've got to hold three in a row. Yeah. And then you do it again with the left to righters. And you, you'll, there'll be a little bit of pressure. Mm. Putting yeah. yourself under that pressure on the practice screen yeah. is the key, I reckon. Do three, then get the four in a row, then get five in a row. And but you know, if you're if you're a young fella just listening, yeah, yep. start doing tens now. You might do ten from two feet at the start. Yep. And that might be easy, and then just just drag it out a little bit. Find that sweet spot where you have to work a bit. Find that sweet spot where there's just that little bit of pressure. Yes. That you know internally you can feel mm-hmm. a little bit of, you know, just a little bit of something, a little bit of tension that you got to battle through. That's all you need. That's all you need. And then you use the same strategies that you will find yourself. You'll use the same strategies when there really is pressure. Mm. You know, when you've got to putt on the last, they have 40 points. Yeah. Or you've got to hit a straight drive on the last to qualify for the club championships. Or you've got to, you know, hit a five iron onto a green after a great drive and you're going to have an eagle putt for the first time. Yeah. Or whatever it might be. You'll understand the theory of repeating much better. And not... You don't have to try harder. That's the that's the that's other it. thing. Don't try harder. It's because it's an important shot. Don't try harder. Do exactly the same as what you trained to do. Pays to listen to this show, Marco. It helps. Well done. It helps. Did you win the money? Uh, we won lunch. Yeah, yeah. sorry. Yeah. That's good. <laughs> Thanks to Dr. Free Joe. lunch. Thanks so, yeah, to Dr. A little bit Joe of work. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a little bit of lunch. But in all seriousness, we should say, um, we touched on it briefly, the Heritage mm. Golf Course out there. Because yeah. um, I know for quite a while it was... Um, Cooked. Absolutely cooked. Cooked. And a lot of people said it was going to go under and they were spending no money and bunkers were closed and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. Couldn't say, couldn't speak uh, more highly of it, Marco. Well, it's it a miracle. It's a miracle. I don't know. It was a bit of madness happening out there for a little while, but hopefully this turns it around because it's a great place. Yeah. There it is a great place. There's a great hotel out there. There's a great yes. clubhouse. Yes. Two, fab, two pretty good courses. I yep. mean, yeah, I reckon they're fantastic golf courses in mm. town. They're actually different, you know. Yeah. They have a Jack Nicholas golf course in Melbourne. Yep. You know, people people travel from here overseas to play in some some golf courses that you know really well known, yep. Jack Nicholas type courses. You can just kind of drive forty minutes from the middle of Melbourne yeah. and find one. That's it. Yeah, so that's great. We we need all kinds of golf courses in this town because you know I don't want to pick on tennis today. I've done it twice already, but you know you go and play on a hard court in Melbourne. You can play on the same hard court in America. Yeah. You can play on the same hard court wherever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, very little differences. Grass, clay. The other red stuff that I hate playing tennis on that we have here in, in Melbourne but nowhere else in the whole world. Onto car. Onto car. What a garbage surface that is. <laughs> My local home club used to be onto car. Yeah. Oh, geez, a bad surface. But the great stuff about golf is you can court. play a course like Royal Melbourne. You can play a course like uh, Kingswood. You can play a golf course like New South Wales. Yes. You can play a course like Hope Island. You can play a course like Royal Adelaide. You can play Lake Up. They're all different types of golf courses that keep you interested. Why it's such a great game. Love it. Hey, we're going to get to a break. I want to talk to you about uh, driving a cart around. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I want to do that. Hey, I want to talk about yep. I want to talk about the little guy who won at the memorial. Oh, yes. Craig Spence and I were talking last week. He's playing high-level golf mm-hmm. with the yips. <laughs> Tough to do. Jason Duffner. He won the memorial, and yep. he's yipping it 
from two and a half feet. Yep. <laughs> I'm going to go through a long list of players who <laughs> played their entire careers with the yips. With the yips. And I want to know and who played had, high level golf. I want to know who you have played with and what they did to get rid of the yips because a lot of people out there have got it. <laughs> yeah, I had the yips. I I I had the yips right. for about a year and a half, and I'll tell you how I got through it. The next the yep. yips. Yep. Stick the yips coming up. In your have you seen anything like that? You're listening to The Clubhouse. Yeah, welcome back. It is The Clubhouse right around Australia. Julian Bayard, Mark Allen with yeah. you talking all things golf. Marco, we were just discussing before the break. The yips. The famous yips. Oh, Jason Duffner's got them. No well, doubt. How does he keep winning? No doubt. Now, <laughs> there are the heebie jeebies. There's, there's about three levels. Yep. There are yips. Mm-hmm. There is the flinch, which is a form of yips. And then there's just the heebie-jeebies. And it all starts from poor technique. Poor technique is a start. So you start as a kid. You're never really taught how to putt properly. That poor technique, you start missing a few. Then you get the heebie-jeebies. Then you start to feel the flinch, which I believe Jason Duffner is now experiencing from what I could see. And Craig Spence, 1999 Australian Masters champion, he called me during the uh, memorial last week. On the Monday morning, and mm-hmm. said, "Are you watching this?" And I said, "Yes, I am watching this." He can't. He's, he's going to miss one of these uh, little tiddlers. Yeah. He doesn't want too many tiddlers. He's got to hit them close. He wasn't flinching on the other ones, but certainly the ones close. And then there's the full-on yips where you can't actually play, yep. and you need to do something else. So he's not I mean, at that you level. Just give up the game. Yeah, he's not that, at that level. But some of the famous players with well, full-on yips. The one first one that comes to my mind. Yeah. Ian Baker Finch, with the driver. Yeah, he he had yips with the driver. Yeah, very rare, Jules. Mm. Very rare with the, the putter. <laughs> with the putter, uh, pure silk. Yeah, he was the silkiest, greatest putter we've ever seen. Mm. I don't really mean that. I think he was a better. I think he had a better stroke than Tiger. He might have been a better putter under under as Tiger, but he had a better stroke. And you know, when he shot twenty nine on the front nine in the Open Championship well, that he it. won, I mean that was a putting display likes of which we've never seen too often. Um, so he certainly had yips. Johnny Miller, he said it's stiff all the time. Had the yips, yips. Ben Hogan, Ben Hogan had the yips. Sam Sneed had the yips. Yep. Close to the home, Leonard, Peter Leonard, yips with just the short parts. Yeah, just part and chipping. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Robert Ellenby, mm-hmm. chipping yips. Really? Yeah, yeah. Or chipping flinches. Tiger Woods recently had the chipping yips. He had the flinches. Yeah, yes. he was flinching away. Oh, he couldn't get it up from off the ground. He was flinching. <laughs> oh, so I, and I yeah. know exa- you know exactly how it feels because yeah. I reckon I used to probably three years ago, always yeah. very confident with the loft wedge around the green. Yeah. Keep it close. Would always use that instead of the putter. Yeah. Despite better advice from yourself. Yes. And was always comfortable with it. Yeah. And one day I was playing at Moona down in the Mornington. Right. Show. And I was practicing down there. Yeah. And I hit two bad ones in a row. Yes. And I just lost it. Absolutely right. lost it. The bad one was it the bad one where you get chunky and yep. or was it the bad one where you blade it? Because there's two bad ones. The, the first one was a chunky one. Yeah. And the second one was another chunky one. Yeah. And then I thought, what am I doing here? And then I started blading him. Oh, see, and then I started going back and trying to open my stance up and I couldn't hit the flop shot anymore. I wish I could have been there and seen because I almost guarantee that the cooch grass that's on the Moona, mm. if, it was, if you're chipping into the grain yeah. with a lob wedge, you've got a sharp leading edge. I reckon edge, you're exactly right. Then a lot of people don't even know what to look for. Mm. You could have chipped in the other direction. We're fine. 
down grain <laughs> with the cooch grass, and it's if it's in the middle of summer and you, you know it's not cut down so low like they do in winter yep. that you can really only hit the ball thin with a lob wedge. Yep. Um, if it was in the middle of summer and you know the, the, the grass is perfect to chip off and you're down grain, you almost can't duff it. Yeah. You know, you can't because yeah. if you're down grain. But into the grain, yeah. oh, you can be made to look the full so quickly. And in winter, I don't know what the story is, but they seem to cut the grass even lower. Mm. Must be because just it's dormant, it's going into dormancy, and yeah. maybe the blade itself is just different. But in winter, if you're chipping into the uh, the grain on this cooch grass and it's wet and you know it's almost cold and stiffer, mm-hmm. oh, you can be made to look like an absolute and I, dill. And I was. That's why <laughs> I implore people: just what do you do? You just putt in winter if it's really low, really, and and you can't make contact perfectly. Just putt. Every day of the week. What we see on the television in America, you know, the grass, it's so, it, it's it's higher grass. You can, it, there's not much grain or the grain and, and the blade itself is, is not as strong as a cooch grass. You can literally do whatever you like yeah. and it's very hard to duff chips. But here in Australia, it, it's very, very easy to do. Mm. So I bet my life <laughs> when you duff those two in a row, you know, Muna, I bet, how'd you fix it? I went on YouTube yeah. and I saw it. How to chip with Phil Mickelson. Yes. And I copied his yeah. routine and he was saying, if you cut the yips, yeah. you've got to work on this. And I put the ball back in my stance. Back in the stance. Wait for it. Beautiful. Trusted the club. Yeah. And now it's And away you go. And, and it's good. Yeah. And most people don't use too I mean don't use too much hands. Yeah. Don't mean use too much hands. But um but that was I had the Tiger the Woods, State yeah. of the Tiger Woods. Yeah, well he was he was assistance. in all kinds of trouble, Tiger. He I saw him hit one shot with the hosel. It, like it was a reverse <laughs> A reverse shank. People <laughs> said he topped it. He didn't top it. It yep. was a reverse shank. He hit it right in the middle of the hosel and it went slightly left. Yep. It was impossible mm. what he did. But, you know, he had, he had the flinches there for a little while for sure. So, Fred Couples. Yes. Oh, he, he was flinching like nothing you'd ever seen. Mm-hmm. Bernard Langer. I remember when Bernard Langer won his first U.S. Masters, he was putting cack-handed. And it was like, have a look at this freak. <laughs> He's putting with one. He left hand below right. Yep. Um, that was that was freak type stuff yeah. when he was doing that. But he he had a shocking case of the yips when he hand. Uh, Peter Senior's another one had the yips with the chipping. Yes. So there has been stacks and stacks of players who beat the flinches. Not many beat the yips. Yep. Not many. You know, Fred Ogle is that one. He he, he got a full fledged case of the yips. So what did never beat? So what happened? What did he, he retired? What did he do? He retired. That was it. Did, and was his just with the putter? Chipping and putting. Chipping and yeah, putting. the double. So what is it when you're standing, you're just standing over a putt and yeah. you're just thinking, I just can't make this. Yes, it's sad to see. And you know, well, you just, you know, your right hand or your left hand involuntary yeah. moves. Yeah. Something happens to your nervous system. Mm. And believe me, folks, it's from bad technique at the start. So I'll, can I tell you my little story? Yes. I, I was always told as a kid to use your shoulders and body and that's what you putt with. But it never worked for me, ever. Never, ever worked for me. Yep. Um. And I got the flinches. I got the flinches going. And the way I beat it is I think I start, I opened my stance. You've got to do something different. You, yeah. I mean, if you start flinching it, you've got to do something different, whether it's left hand below right, whether it's uh, the claw grip with your or pencil grip or, you know, 10 years ago, they'll just get the magic sweeper out and, and, and you've got the broomstick <laughs> or the belly putter. You had to do something totally different. Um, but I never wanted to do the belly putter or anything like that. So I went back and had – 
just a quick look at Jack Nicholas, the way he putted, and Fuzzy Zeller. I always liked the way Fuzzy yeah. Zeller putted. And they both had very open stance, and they both took the putter back on the inside. So they opened their stance up, and it gives you a nice little view down the line, and then you take the putter back slightly inside. So you don't do it much. You just opened, I opened, it's not just your stance. You open your whole body up yeah. when you do this putting. And I really believe that it's the only way you can putt when, you, when you're a hands and arms putter. Mm-hmm. When you're a body putter, and, I, and that now I'm a body putter these days, and it works much better if you can do it. But back then, I think I'd practice so much with my arms and my hands, I couldn't do the body thing. I just couldn't do it. Okay. My practice bank was too, was too, um, <laughs> too much time. And effort too much time it. and effort. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. you would have felt like you'd wasted all that time if you changed. Well, that's right. So, but if you are, if you're a person who's tried the putt with the shoulders and body and it doesn't work for you, then you have to have an open stance yeah. and you have to take the club back slightly on the inside of the line that you want the ball to start on. That's the only way you can do it. You can actually stay still doing it that way. Mm. But, you know, people like Baker Finch used to tell me to use my shoulders, use my body when I used to ask him, you know, because he was, he was a god in my eye. Yeah. I could never do it. I, could, I, I, yeah. I saw the principle, but it just didn't work for me. Yep. But if you are someone out there who has tried it, like I said, open not just your stance. You've got to open your whole body mm-hmm. and drag the putter back with your arms and hands, hands and arms probably, on slightly on the inside. It's a better way to do it. You won't have the yips anymore. Yeah, you, well, and hopefully <laughs> you won't have the yips. But you got you still got to do the practice. you got to do all that sort of stuff as well. You've got to get that done. Yep. you got to get it done. I like it. That's mm. another little lesson for people Yeah, there, there you go. Well, this, the just yips. to help, yeah. It's the only way you can do it. But look, it. the other one, again, I think I touched this last week. If you're going to use your body and shoulders, get that right elbow close to your belly button right. for right-handers. Yes. And just turn both of them back together. I like it. It works a treat. Now, I was fortunate. We spoke about how I played at Heritage during the week. Yes. fortunate enough in a cart. Yeah, yeah. And first time probably for cart etiquette. 18 months yeah. that I'd played in a cart. Yes. Yeah, very, very, very enjoyable. Cozy. Very enjoyable. Very quick around the course. You know too. the thing that makes me laugh the most mm-hmm. when people who don't use carts very often yeah. use carts for the they first time? Talk about using they cart. park the cart <laughs> right next to the green. They putt out. Then they both jump in the cart and take the 20-meter trip to the next yeah. tee. That makes me laugh. You only need one person to drive that cart. And to be honest with you, if you do get in that cart, you should probably walk half the course anyway. Yep. It's much more fun. You know, and, and you've got someone carrying – you've got a caddy there. Yep. And if you take turns, mm. someone walking, someone driving yep. – it's a fantastic way to play. And if you've got a, like a pitching wedge in, you know the distance. Yeah, yeah. You take your putter with you. Yep. And then you walk straight to the green. You feel like a pro. That's exactly and right. That famous Greg Norman quote, there's nothing better than a long walk with a putter. There is nothing <laughs> better than a long walk with a putter in your hands. And it is very, very true. But you need to team up. You need yes. to do it. And by the way, and like I said before, if you, the buggy's right next to the green, there's nothing wrong with walking 50 metres no. and letting your buddy take the it's cart. You don't both have to sit in the cart and travel that tiny little distance. Because I've gone full 360 yeah. narco in the last yeah. 18 months. I've gone yeah. from the push buggy, the three-wheeler. Yeah. You know, the $250. Carry bag? Age what about a carry bag? Have you gone to the carry bag? Since then, gone to the carry bag. Yeah. And I love that. Yeah, I carry, carry bags, light, take all the clothes When you come out. down to Kingston, they bring the carry bag. It's yep. great. It's a great way to play. I love walking around a golf course. Yeah, walking straight bag. over greens. Oh, don't you can actually park anything. your carry bag on the green. If you want. 
uh, because you're carrying the bat, you've got both hands free. Yep. You can actually use your towel and clean the club yep. on the way to the next. So you've got That's clean it. clubs every time you pull out the club. Yep. It's a great way to play. It's a magnificent way to play. Yeah, you can fill out your scorecard yep. when you're walking from the green yep. to the tee, yep. and then you're ready to go. Yeah. But the cart, going back to the next one, yes. I always, I'm always happy walking most of the golf course. But if it's there... I'm always happy walking it, but... Uh, if you've got a guy in there who loves the cart, then he's your caddy. Yes. He's him as a caddy. Yep. He darts off. Yep. It's his shot. And you just happen to be conveniently next to your ball. He drives over. Yeah, you get the yardage. <laughs> you get the seven iron. You knock it on the green. You, <laughs> you put your up. club back in the bag and you take the putter. Yep. And you walk again. And you say, I'll see you up there, mate. And everybody is happy. It's a fabulous way to play golf. I've got a theory, Mark. Yeah. We've got a theory about we've talked about slow golf in this country and how some courses it's just a six yeah. hour round and yeah. it's unacceptable. It is unacceptable. In peak periods, your Saturday morning, yep. your Sundays, whatever yep. it might be. Yeah. Should there be a discount on carts at clubs mm-hmm. to get people around the course quicker and get more people um, on? No, but I think they should force a few people to use them, the yeah. ones who are getting older. Yeah, some the slow guys. And I mean that. 35, 40 bucks? I mean that in the nicest possible way, guys. I do. Yeah. But I reckon there are some older guys at the golf club who probably need a bit of help. Mm. So, not to discount them, but it should be offered to them. Yeah. Say, so listen, um, we love you and you've been a member here for 30 years. Yeah. But we've noticed the way you, you mean you're having trouble getting around the golf course at the moment. And because of your membership and because you're a great fella, we want you to have a card every Saturday. Yeah. And just, and just do it. I, I think that would go so far. Mm. In a lot of golf clubs right around the place. And, and and like you're talking about, it just helps the course move along. And if you've got someone like that in the first few groups, especially, because you only need a couple of slow groups early, and then Bank, it just banks right up. up for the rest of the day. So, if, I mean, the pros should be aware of it. I mean, most golf clubs have got someone on a drink cart who's kind of a drink cart guy and gives you a bit of chockey and... Yeah. Um, he's the also the ranger and says, hey, listen, boys, you yeah. better catch up. That guy would have a real understanding of who is having trouble getting around he's the golf course. Week. Yeah. I mean, once upon a time, you used to have a doctor's certificate to be oh. able to use a cart. <laughs> that is garbage. Yep. That is just so stupid. Stick to the cart paths. It is 90 so degrees. Bad. No, just, it's just so dumb. Yeah. It's just so dumb. But golf clubs, if you have somebody like that, it costs you nothing. It costs you you know, whatever the charge is, mm-hmm. the charge up the cart. Mm-hmm. But you might get that guy and that group. Another five years. One, another five years, but another 20 minutes around the golf course. Yeah. You might save 20 minutes with that one gesture. And then, So you give some guy a free cart, whoever it might be, and you keep everybody happy. Yep. It's just those little things, Jules. Things. Makes a that difference. Golf clubs and, you know, the uh, director of golf, Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a new position. The director of golf should mm-hmm. be right across that. Yep. The director of golf Agreed. should know who the slow players are, some of the aging slow players, and they should just get a cart. Yep. Thanks, buddy. You got a cart today. Perfect. Good luck. Play well. Enjoy the game. Keep up with the group in front. Love it. We're going to get to a break. Happy. Still plenty more clubhouse to come. Good on you, around. buddy. In your life, have you seen anything like that? You're listening to the clubhouse. Yeah, welcome back. It is the Clubhouse right around Australia. Julian Bayard and Mark Allen with you. If you do miss any of the show, make sure you podcast. Just search for the Clubhouse Golf Show on iTunes or Facebook and you can download every single show. Have you done the virtual tour yet of Erin Hills? I the haven't. new US Open I location? I oh, yeah. have a look. Yeah, jump on. have a look right now. Just, uh, just type in virtual tour, Erin mm. Hills, US Open venue or something like that. Uh, even just go, just plug in Erin Hills and go straight to video. Mm. Uh 
amazing block of land, like crazy up there in Wisconsin. They reckon they've hardly moved any soil. Virtually no really? soil on the whole golf course was moved. Rolling hills, it's 7,000 metres long plus. 7,000 metres. Once upon a time, Jules, for your golf course was 7,000 yards, <laughs> it was considered championship. If you got the 7,000 yards. Champion. This one's up to 7,800 yards. So you go, like, Gee, golf courses good, that we know. Golf courses that we know, just to give you an idea. All right, so... 800 yards divided by 18, what's that? Let's call it 60 metres. Yep. 60 metres. So a golf course like Huntingdale, which we've probably all played at some stage, mm-hmm. just go to the back tees and then go back another 60 metres on every single hole. <laughs> and that's how long this golf course is. Now, they probably won't play it from the tips. They'll probably play it from, you know, about in the middle, which is, you know, probably about right. I know yeah. the 15th hole's a, a drivable par four or maybe it's 16. Um, and then you've also got the drivable, or the gettable, the gettable par five, eighteenth. Yep. Gettable probably for the longest hitters in the whole world. But imagine that. Even like just go even your course, Beacon Hills. Yeah. Or last week Heritage. Heritage is a long course. You know, yes. Jack's course is about seven thousand two hundred yards. Uh, seven thousand two. Yeah, seven thousand two hundred yeah, yards. Long par Jack's. Five. Un- not reachable. Long. Yeah, unreachable. Long, 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 long. Well, yeah. go 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 to the back tees and yeah. just plug on forty meters <laughs> from the back tees, and that gives you kind of an idea yeah. of how long this Aaron Hills is. I really think that a long-hitting European is going to win. Yeah. All the rolling hills. I think in America they play on a lot of flat lies. Um, I think Europeans will probably handle it better. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, I'm not saying they're going to dominate the tournament, but I've just got a feeling that, that it, this sort of golf course and this sort of venue will, will probably suit a European player who's used to hitting – much many more shots, you know, ball above and feet, below so many feet. Extra, so many bunkers on this course too. Yeah, a lot of bunkers as well. Lots of room. They mm. could get a hundred thousand people through the gates if they wanted to. Yeah. I mean, they could have built, they could have built three golf courses yeah. really on the plot of land, but they just decided to build one. Um, look, I, I'm keen to see it. I mean, it's had a USGA golf course, a golf tournament there before. Kelly Craft won the US Amateur there in 2009. Hasn't gone on to be a world beater, Kelly Craft, but he's not too bad. You know, he's getting around okay. Yeah. Um, but I think it's a great venue. I think it looks it's going to look fantastic on telly. It's going oh, to look yeah. it's going to look beautiful on the TV. And there's I love the not too many trees around. I love the US Open challenge. <laughs> Excuse me. Well, yeah, I'm I'm with you. Once a year, mate. Yeah. Once a year, it is sensational yeah. to watch them battle around a golf course like this. Yeah. I, I think, I think the golf course being 7,800 yards long, it's a past 72. So it's actually not as long as some of the golf courses we've seen that have been past 70s and 71. Mm-hmm. I think it's the first past 72 golf course we've had for a US Open for a long time. Maybe, you know, back to the turn of the century. Mm. So around that around that time. So you don't see too many past 72s. But I'm really keen to see how many people go, one. I think it's basically sold out. Yeah. Um, and two, just, just how the players, because they, 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 they'll hardly get a flat lie. Yeah. The only flat lies I think they'll get will be on the tees. <laughs> <laughs> so that's that's going to be interesting as well. So I'll tell you what, the guy, hopefully we've got some some brilliant course commentators this week. Yeah. And they'll be able to explain. So Greg's not back? <laughs> not sure Gregory is back they, they, anytime they, soon. Jim Buck and Greg, they're no, not making a comeback? No, he got the sack pretty early, old Gregory. Uh, Don't know why. I thought he was okay. He was going to get better. He was certainly going to get better. Did you see he said 
pounding away on the commentary not re- re- recently. Did. Yeah, Nick Feldo seen the tweet saying, "I think I need a cuddle or something." He's pretty happy about himself. Yeah, with the shirt off. Yeah, yeah. but uh, look, I Adam, like Joe Buck. I think he's good. Yeah, Adam, good. Adam Scott uh, having a chat about it. Uh, you know, he suggests that maybe we should find a golf course probably where it's six or seven under par is is probably about right. So we're not squealing about too many shots. It's just you know a shot and a half, probably around. But I think traditionally the U.S. Open has always been a test like none other. Mm-hmm. And I think it's okay. Yeah, I like it. For it to happen once once a once a year. Yeah. Um I played I played golf at Tory Pines um one month before or two months before they had the US Open. Uh and the rough was up. And it's so different from anything we're used to. Yeah. Yeah. It's so, so different. I think I was even par through fourteen holes and I was playing like out of my brain. <laughs> and I think I shot eighty. <laughs> I think I had a few doubles coming home or a triple and it just made a mess of it coming home. But you, you, you lose golf ball, you know, it's, yeah. it's, it's madness. But I think once a year, I don't mind it. Yeah. I don't mind it. I love seeing that. I love seeing the players have to think through rather than what mm. we so often see on the US PJ Tour, yeah. which is drive, yeah. wedge, and then it's just a putting contest. Yeah. It, it really Basically it, a shooting challenge yeah. on the green. Once upon a time, before this golf ball went crazy distances, and the titanium drivers came in. Mm. It really did suit straight hitters. But now I don't think so. I think US Open golf now just suits the bombers, yeah. the guys who just bomb it. Dustin Johnson won last year. Mm. He's the defending champion. But if you can carry the ball 320 yards, <laughs> even if you're in the rough, it's kind of not so bad because yep. you've got a pitching wedge. But if you are hitting three wood trying to hit fairways, back in the old days or even now, trying to hit the fairways and you hit one in the rough, you got a three iron out yeah. of the stuff or a five wood. You can't move it. Yep. So uh, I, I just think it's a bomber's paradise. These Love days. to see a, a Rory, Jason Day, Dustin yeah. Johnson, all in one group just trying yeah. to bomb each other out. Rory's my That'd pick, actually. I Is think, he? Yeah. yeah, Rory's yeah. my pick. I think he's yeah. getting a little bit better mm-hmm. uh, and just doesn't make some ground. Did the right thing at the memorial, even though he annoyed Jack Nicholas by pulling out. Justin Rose pulled out as well. Uh, so if some of these guys pulled them. out, yeah, yeah. Uh, you, you don't want to annoy Jack, but uh, they only pulled out with the US Open in the background. So I forgive them. Yep. Jack, maybe not. I, think so much. Yeah, I don't think Jack forgives anybody. He'll be right. <laughs> We've got to get to a break. Your masterclass is up next. Coming up next. Stick around. Stay in the car. Free golf lesson right after this. Marco's Masterclass. Yeah, it is Marco's Masterclass, and we do it each and every week all for Club Mandalay Golf Course. Play golf for Club Mandalay. It's golf in Melbourne's north, the website, mm. clubmandalay.com.au. You can save 10%. You can book online, Marco, so lock in yeah. your uh, tea time. Save 10%. The code you put in online, CMGOLF. CMGOLF. Save 10%, clubmandalay.com.au. Book your next round at Club Mandalay. Now, you just showed me your swing in the break. I did. And I like the way you play golf. It's really, really good. But if you want to go to a whole new level, mm. that stall that you have with your hips through the hitting area, that is one thing. That is your arms catching up to your body through impact. Now, even though you're trying to move your hips on the way back, it's not working. So when you go, when you take the club back, your arms start and the hips don't do anything. Mm-hmm. And because that happens, now you're chasing your tail. Already your, your arms are past your body. And you want to keep your arms and club head as in front of the body as you possibly can. So my tip to you is to beat that stall and to stop being so handsy through the ball. And the only reason you're handy is because you're stalling your hips and the hands have got to catch up. I would love to see you, even though you feel like you're turning your hips at the moment, 
get that right elbow close to the belly button at address, tuck it in mm-hmm. close to the belly button and move them both away together. This makes for sure that your arms stay in front of your body on the way back. On the way down, they'll still be in front of the body. Your hips won't need to stall anymore. And instead of that stalling hip motion through impact, they'll be turning through impact. So the club face is going to stay square and you're going to have more power through impact. Mm. So if you've got stalling hips, and a lot of people do, have a look. You know, video, get one of your friends to get one of your friends to video your swing. And if your hips are stalling through the impact area, it it, it only means that your arms and club are catching up to your body. Yeah. And your hips had to stop. Yep. They had so to stop through impact. So what you're saying for people listening out there is that your arms are starting before your hips are moving. Yeah. So that they should be aligned the whole way through. I think they should. Yep. Yeah. I, and, I do. And so what you're saying is your arms are going all the way back to the top of your backswing where your yep. hands are above yes, your head. Yes, yes. But your hips haven't gone anywhere. Your hips haven't done anything. And then so then your, your hips, hips start, start to rotate and That's then your right. arms come through. And then because your arms are still in your backswing, your, your hips have got to stop. And then, and then your, your arms, arms just catch come up. through. And then the club and rolls then it over. Goes through. And the club rolls over. You so want it to be all one motion. You want your arms in front of your body as much as it can be the whole swing. Mm. It's where the power is. Yep. It's where the power is. And if you can make that um, impact area where nothing stalls, oh, it's a whole new ball game, mm. Jules, and you'll be wrapped. So if you're a staller, and the only way to find it, you either know you are or have a look. But if you're a staller, uh, then you're definitely too handsy through impact. And if you're too handsy through impact, anything can happen. You can go right. You can actually have good days as well, like you did at the Heritage last week. You certainly can. But you don't want to stall. The hips don't want to stall through impact. The only way you can do it is to get them turning back with that right elbow on the backswing. So right elbow, very close to the belly button. Turn both the elbow and the belly button back together. Play golf at Club Mandalay. Golf in Melbourne's north. Clubmandalay.com.au. Marco. Take it easy, Jules. Enjoy the uh, US Open. Go back to their driving range. There's a lot of improvement. And take advantage of that beautiful putting drills that you've been doing during the week and turn the elbow and the belly button back together, buddy. See you next week, mate. Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au. Predict Australia's score with a crystal ball. And it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semifinals, all thanks to McDonald's. Maccas, together and loving it. TNCs apply.